Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Pixel Swim podcast. This is the podcast where I, Steve Heinrich, the host, take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other little tidbits I find interesting. Uh, this episode will be released on Thursday, August 9th, 2018. Uh, visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links. If you want to follow along or follow on social media, mostly on Twitter and Google+. So we'll just dive right into the weekly notes and feedback. So after the last episode, again, I just want to shout out to my niece, Azure, for coming on and being my guest last time. She was great. It was it was amazing to have her on. She did a really great job, and I appreciate everybody reaching out and saying what a great job she did. So really proud of her, and I hope uh, eventually maybe I can have her on again. So, and it's kind of it's kind of a, a unique opportunity. Hopefully, if I can keep this podcast going over the years, that that you know I can have her on kind of as she's growing up with technology. So we'll see. But uh, you know, it's in the it's in the the to the to do wish list for Pixel Swim. So yeah, uh, thanks again, Azure. All right, so I also helped to fix the contact form on the All About Windows Phone website. So uh, Steve Litchfield had reached out to me uh, with a few issues that the AAWP website was having. So I helped to run remedy <laughs> those. So, But the, this uh, contact form essentially... Uh, was using the very first version of the CAPTCHA script from Google. And if you if you're not sure, don't know what CAPTCHA is, <laughs> it's essentially like a, ver- a human verification thing that they that you, you put on a, a contact form or any kind of form online to make sure that you don't get uh, spammed via that form so that any sort of programs or robots online can't just go fill that out and, and spam your inbox. So, yeah, it was using version one, uh, uh, AAWP was using version one of CAPTCHA. And so uh, it needed to be updated because it, you know, hadn't, the form didn't work <laughs> without uh, an update. So I was able to get reCAPTCHA working, which is like the version two of the, of the CAPTCHA. Uh, the original CAPTCHA, the version one, uh, showed like, you know, an image of distorted text or something like that. And essentially you had to type in that text. I'm sure maybe you've come across that online. Uh, if you haven't, um, yeah, you probably will at some point. So, uh, but the version two of the reCAPTCHA is actually just where you check a box that literally says I am not a robot, but I, obviously there's some JavaScript that goes into how it works. I actually learned, you know, a little bit about the new uh, reCAPTCHA along the way. And it was interesting to find out or really kind of figure out that uh, basically the JavaScript that you put on the page and then the little widget with the checkbox is base. Basically, it's it's watching how your mouse moves uh, to that checkbox and checks it. So essentially, any sort of kind of natural human movement of the mouse to over to the checkbox and then clicking it, it will verify that you moved it in a human way <laughs> instead of like a robotic or a program or in a like some sort of programmatic way or like a like a computer program 
wouldn't, you know, move the mouse in a certain way to get, you know, to, to check the box or wouldn't even use the mouse. It would just, you know, go through the code and, and try and verify itself through that. I don't even know if, I'm not even sure if it would be able to check the box. Maybe I'm sure there's a way to check the box, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that that's, uh, that's a pretty good and interesting way to verify if somebody's a human when they're filling out a form is to watch the movement of the mouse cursor. Uh, maybe there's more to it, and I could be wrong, but uh, that's kind of the gist of it that I came across. So it was uh, definitely a learning experience trying to get that updated. Uh, it worked very differently than the, the new version works very differently. Well, I mean, semi-differently than the old version. So it was not a, a trivial task so but you know what I, I i always find a way to get things uh to fix things so and hopefully that will serve them well i did see i think in the google documentation for captcha that there is a version three i didn't click on that to see what that was about but uh for now version two should be good to go and so speaking of websites uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I'm going to talk uh, <laughs> quite a bit I th- here about WordPress. There's this article that I came across called The Impact WordPress Has Had on the Web. And essentially, this is kind of going over the 15 years that WordPress has been around. Uh, I think they celebrated their 15-year anniversary or birthday, I guess you would say so. So I've talked about WordPress in the past, and this article kind of just goes over. This is on uh, speckyboy.com. It was written by Eric Karkovac on July 26th. So he just kind of goes over the history, a little bit of WordPress. And if you don't know that WordPress is uh, running on about 30% of websites run on WordPress, and it's a content management system. It's just a an easy way, uh, easy and extendable way to uh, build a website. And so WordPress is by far the most popular way to uh, rapidly build a website on the back end to kind of manage all your content. It started as a blogging platform just for blogs, but it has it expanded quickly into being uh, kind of a full-fledged website builder uh, and with a great community behind it because it is open source, you, you know, uh, and it's a free project. And so a free rapid way to build a website with extendability and a community behind it is definitely uh, gonna, it took off. And so uh, the, he mentions a few things in this article and he talks about the, the community behind WordPress. And so essentially when I say community, I mean all the developers and people who build using WordPress, which is anybody really. Yeah. It's not just the the people making WordPress or the people making the plugins for WordPress, but really it's just the whole community of people using WordPress too, uh, which provide the feedback, which uh, eventually just makes things grow even better. So he talks about the community here a little bit. And so I'm just going to read a little bit from the article. It says instead, okay, so in the paragraph before, just to summarize a little bit, he talks about how WordPress really didn't have like a big marketing campaign and or social media and social media was kind of in its infancy at the time. And so there was no sort of viral thing that put WordPress on the map. 
And so, and then I'm going to read this article. It says, instead, the community grew organically, one member at a time. People tried WordPress and found that it met their needs. They learned how the software worked and passed that knowledge along to someone else who had a question in a forum or at a meetup. And importantly, people realized that they could use free software to make a living. And it helped to drive the growth of the community and WordPress itself. But capitalistic gain is only part of the story. Just as crucial is the willingness of the community to share code and advice, there is definitely a pay-it-forward spirit that encourages users to stick around. After all, it's much more fun to be part of a culture of helping of helping, rather than one where everyone keeps to themselves. And so, yeah, I mean, there are entire, obviously, there's entire companies and startups and, and you know, individual developers. You can live off of building products for WordPress or customizing WordPress or creating themes for WordPress, it's, it's the barrier to entry is so is low, but you if you do it well, and you, you know, I mean, obviously, you have to be business minded as well to, to be able to make a living, but it's pretty cool that this free open source system has really kind of built its own industry online. So we're again, WordPress is, it's just uh, an amazing tool. It's crazy that it's been 15 years since they began. So I just want to kind of read part of the last, some of the conclusion here. And it says, regardless of whether or not you use or even like WordPress, the imprint it has left on the web is a unique one and impossible to deny. What started out as a simple tool for blogging grew over time to power everything from a teenager's poetry blog to a Fortune 500 company's sprawling home on the web, and it has been, been and it has been benefited greatly from a community that has time and again come together to move things forward. So this 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 article is kind of going over the you know the 15th birthday of WordPress and kind of its overall stature on the web. And so I'll I'll put a link to this article in the show notes so you can take a look at that. Uh, and just to be clear, WordPress is one of many uh, content management systems or CMSs out there that's available, but it it kind of is the biggest by far. All right, so that kind of brings me into uh, what <laughs> another kind of my main topics here. One's completely unrelated. I'll I'll kind of throw in at the end just a tip. <laughs> I think on whatever works they call it uh, their top tips but this will be one of a top tip for me so it's about a Firefox extension but I'll get to that at the end but continuing this talk about WordPress if you you've may if you use WordPress or are thinking about getting into WordPress there's a kind of a big update coming to WordPress uh, this article I just talked about WordPress being around for 15 years and and they've, they've obviously had many major releases major updates but there is potentially one of their biggest <laughs> updates coming uh, to WordPress 5.0 and right now it's on 4.9 point something I think so you know it's getting incremental and security updates of course but there is a huge update coming for WordPress uh, like I said WordPress 5.0 and really, the biggest thing that's coming with it is what they call the Gutenberg <laughs> editor. And this is something that I've kind of been 
looking at here and there ever since I found out about it because it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it's going to change the way word you build sites in WordPress. And so naturally, because for work and, you know, uh, my website and just, you know, tons, a lot of websites that I work with use WordPress. So I definitely <laughs> had to dive in and kind of figure out what uh, what's up with this Gutenberg thing. And so obviously this update is brings a new way to edit posts and pages in WordPress. And obviously though, because of WordPress and it's, you know, text heavy and, and it's just content, you know, you're creating content. They named this new editor after Johannes Gutenberg, who invented the printing press. So uh, more than 500 years ago. So that's that's clearly where they pulled this name from. And I think that the, the grandeur of that kind of lends to how big this change actually is going to be for WordPress. So uh, currently and, and what essentially how it works right now is WordPress uses uh, the tiny MCE, what you see is what you get editor. <laughs> and I know that's a, you know, it's it's essentially just, you know, so it's a way to create pages and it's just a big, it's a big text box with where you can do tons of formatting. You can add in short codes, which are just little uh, snippets of dynamic content that you can add in. So WordPress has been essentially this editor has been I, I don't know if it's been from the beginning that they've been using this, but it's but it's a staple in the WordPress editing experience. And so what Gutenberg, this new editor, the gist of it is that they're going to change the way you create pages. And it's going to be a much more interactive drag and drop kind of user interface that makes things easier to create more complex layouts without having to know how to code. And that's always been a, you know, part of the backbone of WordPress is you can do a lot of stuff without knowing how to code anything, but obviously anybody who does know how to code and you can, you know, you can tweak things at a more molecular level, I guess you would say. Basically what it boils down to is that WordPress is trying to keep up with a lot of the, their competitors uh, the Squarespaces, the Tumblers, the, you know, everything, all these other potential competitors uh, that have a huge, like a vastly easier user interface. And so Gutenberg looks to kind of address this and push WordPress into the future. So, and this update uh, is supposed to come out soon. Um, I'm not really sure when. Uh, I, like I said, we're on 4.9 point something. And it comes out, it's going to be the default editor in 5.0. Uh, and part of the reason that I wanted to even bring this up was that I noticed in my my own WordPress installation, it was saying, it was asking if I wanted to activate this Gutenberg editor, uh, or I could just continue to use the classic quote unquote classic editor. But so because of the okay, let's let's try and let me try and find something that kind of explains a little bit better what what the Gutenberg is. 
So there's another article I'm going to uh, make put a link to on deliciousbrains.com, which is <laughs> great, great domain, great name. Uh, so under their heading oh, in this article that's entitled, Is Gutenberg the End or a New Beginning for WordPress? So they have a, a heading here. It says, What is Gutenberg? And then they say, as a customary catch-up for those who don't know, Gutenberg is the new way to edit content in WordPress. It replaces the tired and tiny MCE post content editor and do a lot more and can do a lot more too. think short codes, widgets, menus, even custom fields. It is a client side interface built with react that uses a block based system to build up content. It is being developed as a feature plugin on GitHub and has been scheduled to land in the core to land in core in the next version of WordPress 5.0 estimated for the first half of 2018. I'm not sure when <laughs> that's going to be. We're kind of past the first half. So here's a great roundup of Gutenberg information. Gutenberg is an important step forward for publishers, reducing the visual difference between how content is crafted in the admin and how it is rendered on the front end. It also opens up the possibility of unifying all the various different parts of the site building process, like the customizer and widgets. Okay, so... Check out the articles in the show notes, maybe do a little Googling around about, about what Gutenberg is, because you can actually try it out in your WordPress installation right now that, as a plugin. And so they're kind of, you know, they've been, they've released this plugin and they've been updating it based on feedback and it's, you know, obviously development is coming along on that. So if you have a WordPress site, it might behoove you to install the Gutenberg plugin. Uh, activate it <laughs> and uh, check out the new editor on the posts that you currently have. I'm going to suggest that you, if you have a development site, that you do it there. If you don't have a development site, probably look into how to make one and then and then install Gutenberg there. Uh, duplicate your your migrate your your current WordPress install to kind of a development off to the side website. And then install Gutenberg and try to this in Gutenberg plugin that is essentially what this new editor is going to be. So you can try it out. I've tried it out a little bit. Uh, yeah, things broke <laughs> in this delicious brains article. They actually talk about the problems with this. And because uh, in the WordPress community, there's actually a lot of torn opinions on whether or not this is good for WordPress and hence why this article is entitled is Gutenberg the end or a new beginning for WordPress. And so there's another uh, they you, they go over the issue here. So they there's an, another heading that's called so what's the problem <laughs> with all this Gutenberg stuff essentially. Uh it's it says it's, they're not going to I'm not going to beat around the bush. I've got some issues with Gutenberg, the motivations behind it and how the implementation is being handled and I'm not alone. And then it, it goes into the motivations behind Gutenberg. Uh, Gutenberg is an obvious reaction to competitors of WordPress. Uh, like I was saying, the writing experience of Medium, the quick, easy site builds using uh, site builds using Wix and Squarespace. Clearly, a project the size of WordPress needs some strong leadership and clear and a clear roadmap. However, when that roadmap starts to be clouded by outside factors such as financial pressure to compete with the market, decisions aren't made in the best interests of everyone. Don't forget what 
that whatever is implemented in WordPress.org is being built for WordPress.com, one of the main money-making arms of Automatic. Automatic is the owner of WordPress, or the people who run WordPress, the builds. Uh, And no doubt, their biggest concern when considering losing customers to competitors. Gutenberg is a clear attempt to attract new users to the platform. But in doing this, WordPress is stepping away from the values that make is WordPress stepping away from the values that make Word, WordPress WordPress. This is a move away from one of WordPress's key philosophies, clean, lean, and mean, which states that the core of WordPress will always provide a solid array of basic features. It's designed to be lean and fast and will always stay that way. Given Gutenberg is basically a very advanced page builder plugin, like many premium plugins on the market that do a similar job and will likely suffer because of Gutenberg, albeit with more scope, it is questionable why this feature plugin has been given the green light for a merge into core. Yeah, so the, yeah, the, uh, basically this is breaking, this is changing the way that WordPress is going to work. And I really need to kind of <laughs> look into, per, you know, for, um, again, my personal side of things of all the websites that I manage that run on WordPress. So I think this is I'm going to try and make this <laughs> maybe I'm going to have to come back to this to this Gutenberg thing. I I'm kind of feel like I'm kind of all over the place right now with it. But essentially, I think I've summed up what it is in the fact that it's coming and that if you use WordPress as your content management system, uh, it's something to be aware of. Obviously, it's been, they've known, you know, I've known about it for a little while, and obviously they've been developing this for quite a while. So it's just something to consider. I'm going to post some links to articles so you can take a look at them and kind of, you know, get your head around what's coming. And hopefully it won't impact you too much. If you use custom fields in WordPress, this is something you're definitely going to have to take a look into as to how this is going to affect your site. I use custom I've used custom fields on sites and I'm a little concerned about how they're going to be affected. And so uh, this <laughs> this is going to have to be part 1 in a series of me talking about this cuz I haven't completely gotten my head wrapped around it yet and we shall see if it's going to be an issue or at least a big enough issue that, you know, some people are leaving WordPress because of this. And it's, you know, I mean, obviously there's, it's a big change. And so people have done things a certain way for, you know, almost 15 years now and things have worked a certain way. And now they're, you know, I don't want to say they're throwing a wrench in the machine, but it's kind of like they're at putting an addition on, you know, it's like they're adding a third floor, you know, to a house and, and it's just, and they're going to put the living room up there, you know? So it's like getting used to a new way to do things and developers having to update things. And so if you've worked with WordPress plugins in the past, you know that they don't always get updated, but there's always generally some pretty good backwards compatibility. And that's one of the things that they are concerned about, developers are concerned about, is having to fit into this new 
WordPress and uh, this Gutenberg editor and the way that it works. So yeah, something to keep an eye on. Again, <laughs> I feel like I was all over the place. So just do some research if you're on WordPress uh, about Gutenberg and the 5.0 update because it's something that may affect you uh, on a in a big way or maybe not really much not uh, not affect you very much but it's definitely something you have to look into because it's you know this is the way it's gonna be turned on you know automatically and uh, you can revert back to the old editor but you have to do that actively it's not you know you, you have to make sure that you're on top of everything that's coming all right, so that seemed a little bit <laughs> dramatic, but uh, that's just kind of what it is, you know, right now. So I uh, just wanted to mention it because I've, I've been meaning to mention it. I've talked about WordPress in the past, and I just thought I would go a little bit more in depth about what it, what Gutenberg is. Hopefully, I can report back kind of my findings with it. Uh, I'm not a super developer, you know. I I know how to use WordPress. You know, I always find a solution. I always find a way to do things, and I know enough to get things done. So. Anyway, let's move on to uh, my last thing that I wanted to talk about, which I kind of talked about a little bit earlier, was or is uh, a Firefox extension, undo, close, tab. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to, that's what it's called, and uh, I'll just sum up kind of what it does. Uh, I've found this super helpful so many times. Um, so I was able to find this, I was having this issue, and then... I decided to look and see if there was an extension for it. So basically what what, what happened is that, you know, I've you know, got a bunch of tabs open. You're kind of browsing through one and you're like, ah, okay, I'm done with this. And then you close it and you go, wait a second. <laughs> I, I think I needed something from that. Uh, I think that was where I wanted to be. And so at that point, you kind of got to, you know, dig into your history and see if it, you know, and dig through to your history, which isn't the easiest thing. So essentially, this just adds a button to your toolbar. And you, uh, it looks like a little tab with an arrow, and you click it, and it will open that tab, <laughs> which is a really, really nice. Uh, basically, it opens your last tab, or it opens tabs that you have closed. So it keeps a history of everything that you've closed. And if clicking the button once will open the last tab that you closed. If you right click the button, it will pull up a list of uh, your recently closed tabs. And so it's just super handy because I don't know how many times I close a tab and I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, I, I really want to go back to that, but I don't want to have to dig into the history. You know, it's a, just a quick shortcut way. It's a really nice little tool. Again, it's called undo close tab. So I will put a link to the Firefox page or uh, add-on page. Uh, this is by Manuel Reimer. And so they're the developer. And it's it's a really great little button, little shortcut. Uh, and I use it all the time. So I thought I would share, especially now that I'm back on Firefox. So uh, I did kind of before the show here, try to look up uh, Chrome equivalents of this plugin. And so there are some. OK, here's what I found. I installed three different ones, and here's what I found. Is they don't function in the same way. Uh, they essentially will, the ones that I found on Chrome, they essentially, they'll put a button on your toolbar, but all the button does is pull down a list 
uh, when you click on it, it just pulls down a list of your closed tabs, which is helpful, uh, of course. Uh, but it doesn't, you know, I just, I like the functionality of the one in Firefox because it uh, just a click of it opens the last tab. You don't have to look at anything. You just click it and it's back and loading. So, uh, and then when you right click, then you get the list if you right click, which is nice if you want to go back a few, you know, a few tabs ago that you closed. So yeah, I couldn't find anything in Chrome that did the one click to just open the last tab without having to, you know, look at what the last tab was. So uh, again, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to this one for Firefox. I know most people use Chrome. <laughs> I mean, it's up to almost 80% of the web goes through Chrome now. So our all web traffic, I should say, which is fine. Um, I've just been using Firefox. So and this uh, I was kind of surprised that I couldn't find the same exact functionality on Chrome. But if, if you know of any extension that does that exact thing, uh, let me know. Again, that's a click and it opens the tab without having to look or think, uh, just opens the last tab that you closed. Because uh, like I said, it happens to me a lot where I, <laughs> I want that tab back for some reason after I close it. But yeah, uh, again, a link in the show notes for that. All right, so uh, let's just wrap things up here for this week. Again, this was episode 29 of the Pixel Swim podcast. Uh, go to pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and for my social links. Uh, oh, you know, I did forget at the beginning of this, <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention in my notes that I bought a Windows phone hat. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know and have seen it that I found a Windows phone hat on eBay used practically new. Uh, I got it in and uh, I took a, a crazy picture with myself in the hat and then a Microsoft shirt and then holding all my Windows phones. But uh, yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. So uh, I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was kind of <laughs> funny. I mean, this hat isn't it's kind of, you know, it's a rarity. I've only I only saw a couple online. So uh, and then I know Tom Stewart mentioned after I posted the picture of me wearing it, if I was going to take it out of the house, I probably won't take it out of the house. This hat is uh, too rare. It's like a baseball black baseball cap with the red Windows phone logo. But uh, yeah, check out that link too in the in the show notes. But I appreciate it as always, everybody uh, giving feedback, especially after the last episode, uh, letting me know that my niece was great and uh, just, yeah, go to pixelswim.com if you want to leave any other feedback. I appreciate it as always. And, uh, have a great evening or I uh, start with the evening, but you know, have a, a great morning a 5am. Uh, if that's what time it is when you're listening to this or afternoon or again, <laughs> whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and God speed. <laughs>